0: Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White
1: and Ellen Trackman.
0: Welcome back to I Want to Put a Baby in You. I'm Ellen Trackman here with Jennifer White. Hi, Jen. Hello. Um, Hello. If you haven't listened to it already, go back and listen to part one with Marna Gatlin. Um, and if you've already listened to it, then no need to delay. Marna, welcome back for part two of talking to you about your story, this organization that you started, the book you wrote. So much. Um, so we did a cliffhanger last time. If anyone remembers, hope you guys. I, I assume you just kept playing to the next podcast. It's <laughs> no, no time has passed for you. But the cliffhanger that we were talking about was reading your book. I was just like jaw on the floor about your story of when you're going through infertility, you're looking to use an egg donor, and you go to talk to your priest. Can you tell us that story?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, thanks for having me back. Um, And um, I have to say, um, I have a co-author with this book, Carol Lieber Wilkins, who's my mentor. Yes. And And, I um, can I I say that can I
0: also say that we did a podcast interview with her? So you should yeah. check out that interview. Did, <laughs> Listeners, please. It was great. She, <laughs> yeah. She's an
1: amazing speaker. She's amazing. So the experience with the Roman Catholic Church, which um, I'm just non-practicing anymore. I'm not even a cafeteria Catholic, the whole situation <laughs> in regards to um, my son's birth and surrounding that mm-hmm. just... And at that point nail like, in their coffin. Yeah,
0: at that point kind of what how religious would you consider yourself then?
1: Mm, I've never been overly religious. Did all the holidays, you know, the Catholic church was always sort of a safe spot for me. Um all the rituals surrounding it. I mean, all of it. Um and I will tell you even after all of this will you find me on occasion sneaking in the back of mass late just sitting yeah i mean <laughs> uh sweet. but no i don't consider myself a practicing roman catholic anymore so by the time um i met my husband and we got married and decided to embark upon egg donation You know, I would have stood on my head and rubbed my stomach and chanted God knows what to, you know, have a baby put in me, literally. (laughs) So when this all worked, I was uber excited. I mean, like, really excited the fact that this pregnancy was going to stick around. Um, And I got to move on to the next phase of thinking about what life was going to be like as a mom. And, you know, in my husband's family, they're all Italian, from Italy, um, and they're Catholic. And so having your child um, baptized into the Catholic faith faith is, I mean, it's not even a discussion. It's just what's going to happen, because that's what's going to happen. My husband was raised Catholic. I was a practicing Catholic. So I skipped on down to my local parish and talked to Father Carl and was very excited about the fact that I was going to be this mom. And I had the expectation that I was going to get the big old Catholic hug and welcome to the parenthood and motherhood and everything that good Catholics are supposed to do because we're supposed to be prolific and and have kids. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. So I sat with him and talked with him, and um, that is not um, the response I received from uh, him or the parish. Um, They were disappointed that, number one, we used IVF because that was awful, Um, and the words adulterer came out of his mouth yeah because we were using we were using an egg from somebody else another woman and you know me being me and me being very vocal I said well you know um there was no sex nobody slept with anybody else it happened in a doctor's office in a lab I mean I can't imagine God being angry about this. I said a different word. Did did you say that? (laughs) "Um, Well, no, actually, I said, I can't imagine God being pissed about this. (laughs) So why would you be? And um, he just waved me off. And and I said, well, okay, well, you know, I'd like to have my child baptized after birth. And he said, absolutely not. I said, you're going to deny my kid baptism into the Roman Catholic Church because you're not happy with the decisions his parents made. And it was off the table. So um, I went home and cried, um, actually sobbed, um, Uh talked to my mother in law, uh, talked to my mom and dad, uh, talked to my husband, everybody pretty much said, to heck with them. So this didn't set well with me because I'm a person that needs closure about things. And I was not going to just let this be just open ended, and uh, they weren't going to win. So I sought out um, a different priest that I had found, who was a Jesuit, and Jesuits are um, notorious for um, pushing the envelope and asking questions and um, pushing against authority—I mean, I, I have a lot of—I um, have a lot of respect for the Jesuits. So I sat down and talked with this priest and said, "Hey, this is what's going on. I—I um, I don't feel good about it. I feel like I've done something wrong. When my whole life I've been trying to do the right thing." And he basically said, "Marna, here's the thing. At the end of the day." God doesn't really care what your marriage bed is. It can be at the beach. It can be at home. It can be at a hotel. It can be some exotic place, or it can be in a surgical suite at a doctor's office. It's where your heart is and it's what your intent is. And your intent is to bring a child into the world because you love God and you and your husband love each other And you're going to love this baby, regardless of whether this child shares your genetics or not. And that's all I needed. So I said, well, what do I do about the church part? And I will say for full disclosure and transparency, he left the priesthood like shortly after we had this conversation. And he's no longer a priest. So, um, you know, I went home and I said to Manny, how terrible would it be? if we don't have this kid baptized um roman catholic and he said i don't care let's let him choose we didn't get to choose i mean this was chosen for us in my situation um i did choose to be honest uh my parents did not say you will be catholic my mom was protestant and my dad was the one that um had catholic connections and so I thought the whole pageantry of Catholicism and the religion itself at that time in my life made sense to me. So Manny and I together uh, decided not to baptize Nick as a uh, Roman Catholic. Um, in the beginning, that didn't go over very well with his family. I was about to I, ask, how
2: did it go with the family?
1: <laughs> you know, I have the best mother-in-law in the world, the best She's in her mid-80s. She's probably one of the most supportive, respectful, amazing humans on the planet. I think her heart hurt for us as a family because she knew um, that that at that time it was important to me, but she also has the same philosophy I do, that she doesn't feel like God's going to love somebody any less because of the denomination of faith or non-faith that they choose. I still believe in a higher power. I mean, I still, uh, my, my whole attitude about religion has changed over the years. I'm, I'm more spirituality based and not denomination by any stretch of the word. I don't practice Catholicism, um, my son certainly doesn't practice Catholicism. And I honestly can't say that Manny and I have stepped into a church together to observe uh, a a mass in probably, oh my gosh, Nick's going to be 22 in December, probably since he was three or four. I mean, I think we went at Christmas time with his mom, but um, yeah. So I talked to a lot of moms and dads who are, They call themselves recovering Catholics because they just haven't been in a long time and they feel like maybe this is what they're supposed to do and what's the church going to feel like, you know, and um, I'll just tell them I'll be frank with you ladies I just tell them lie just lie. Don't tell them anything about any of it. If it's important for you to have your kid baptized, say nothing about IVF, say nothing about egg donation. I, just say nothing. Anyway,
2: nobody asks that. Nobody comes up to you and, and the priest doesn't say like, did you have sex to have this child? Right? right. Like that's not a question.
1: I hope not, but um <laughs> hard hard to say, you know. That's, that's um, fair. Or you or you might be an overshare like I was and so excited that you were looking for um approval from your clergy and your church, because they were important to you at the time, you know what I mean? And so you might just go in there like I did and just went and just blab, blab, (laughs) blab, and then have him look at you like, what the heck are you talking about? Why would you do something like that? Um, And then, you know, receive rejection. So um, yeah, I just tell him, don't say anything lie. (laughs) Say nothing. And, um, you know, receive your support from um, different avenues. That's kind of what I say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, we generally
0: support openness, honesty, but (laughs) I don't
2: know in this case.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I would love to talk more about the organization that you founded parents via egg donation and Could you kind of summarize for listeners who might not be familiar with it, what it is, how they could use
1: it, what kind of resources it offers? So, God, it seems like a lifetime ago. (laughs) I was working for a um, large uh, fertility clinic that had a really great uh, egg donation program. And I received so much education from this place, but as I kept talking to parents every single day in regards to their egg donation needs, there was just this big, huge glaring gap that there was nothing for um, intended parents or parents via egg donation. There was just nothing. Um, There was a tiny little uh, email group that I had belonged to that I met Carol in um it was called mved mothers via egg donation and it had been originated and based out of uh georgia i think on a listserv yeah um and so anyway um that wasn't enough and i just was uh brainstorming um one day as i was on my john deere mowing my two acres thinking what the heck you know there's got to be something out there and there wasn't so um you know, PVID was created to provide um, an informational and supportive environment where parents and parents-to-be, you know, intended parents and parents can learn and share information about everything to do with the egg donation process. So our mission super, super simple. I mean, really simple. And I know it by heart. Um, It's to educate, support, and empower families and individuals at any stage of the process who choose to use egg donation or embryo donation to build a family. And so we help uh, parents, intended parents, uh, in regards to selecting, oh gosh, infertility clinics, egg donation agencies, egg donors, um, all about the legalities of egg donation. And last but not least which is the most important piece I think to all of this and this process are our esteemed mental health professionals. They really are our guides through this whole entire um, adventure. And I like to call it an adventure. Um, They handhold us, they explain things, they help us with our anxiety. uh, And I just feel like they are just the most integral Part and peace to this whole process. We do a lot of referrals, all about egg donation and gestational surrogacy, although we're not experts in gestational surrogacy. We refer out to the experts of gestational surrogacy. Um, our big thing is about um, talking and telling um, our children about their uh, donor egg uh, conception story. Yeah, we help parents understand um the statistics we have you know a comprehensive resource page that covers yes. oodles of topics on the donor the donor cycle process um and at abroad. what point go ahead sorry at what point were you like and we need to write a book okay so as i have shared carol um is my mentor she'll be my mentor forever Um, she's the one that said to me when I said to her I'm not telling my kid anything she said oh yeah you are (laughs) (laughs) you are not not gonna tell your kid (laughs) so over the years we had been talking and talking and talking about um, this book and in our fantasy brain what this what this book would be about and it was like seven years in the making. And over the years, we had just talked about and hearing from parents say, gosh, am I going to love my kid? Is my kid going to love me? Is my family going to accept yeah. my kid? What's my kid going to feel like? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the big, big, big topic that we heard from every parent was how in the world am I going to talk to my child about donor conception?
0: Yeah.
1: So one rainy rainy, rainy afternoon, Carol flew up to Portland, and we sat in a meeting room like all day um, just writing notes and brainstorming. And um, we were off to the races. And it took a really long time because publishers didn't feel like it was worth publishing, I think. There were a few other books out there. We found a really great editor by the name of Lauren Cross, who is amazing, and she um, helped us edit the book, and we wrote a book proposal, and at the end of the day, we wanted the book out more than we wanted to wait and wait and wait uh, for a publishing house, so we published it ourselves. Nice. Empowerment? Um, Self-empowerment? Self-empowerment, and um, it's selling, Um, and people love it and that's how they find us.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to give people a preview, I mean, you do such a great job of dividing it into different topics that people would be really curious about and where the questions are, but you also, it's not just you and Carol's perspective, right? Oh, no. Yeah. Tell us about Mm -hmm. that.
1: So let's talk about egg donation. is real stories from real people. So what we did is we interviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of intended parents and parents via egg donation, embryo donation, and um, surrogacy. And we talked with them about um, their journey. And we listened to their stories. And so in each of our chapters, we have excerpts or vignettes from Um, intended parents or parents that talk about their journey. So other moms and dads um, can hear firsthand what it was like for those folks in the trenches um, and their journey. So they can kind of feel like maybe what their journey might look like, or they might read something and go, oh my God, that's how I feel. I mean, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. I will
2: say even, you know, so I, my child is not via egg donation, but I went through infertility and uh-huh. I found myself saying that a lot mm-hmm. as I was reading that. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I, you know, th- what that person said was the exact thought that had gone through my mind at some point. So it it really does like normalize that feeling that you're not alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Carol's such a, an amazing writer. Um, you know, I have to give our editor big props because Carol's writing style is way different than my writing style. And she was able to uh, merge both of our writing styles together and, um, you know, make it work. And uh, it's probably one of the hardest things that um, I've ever done besides having my kid, um, but it was worth it. It was absolutely, absolutely worth it. Yeah, very much so. And I'm glad it helps somebody else in the world. And and if we can um, make somebody's journey that much easier, you know, I can die happy.
0: I love it. Um, are there any parting thoughts or words or things that listeners, you'd want listeners to know? The Um, most open question possible.
1: (laughs) Anything else you want to say? (laughs) Every journey is going to be different. Your journey is different. My journey is different. Susie Jones' journey is different. Um, I will say in regards to talking to your children about their donor conception story, uh, the one thing I've said for years and years and years is if you don't make it weird, your kid's not gonna make it weird. If you approach uh, their donor conception story with the respect and reverence it deserves, with openness and inclusion and transparency, have integrity, be honest with your child, um, they're gonna respect you more. This is something that we hope that your child will always know about him or her or they. Um, And that it's not something they look back on and can say, oh, you know, July 4th, you know, 2021, I was 10 and my mom and dad sat me down and told me that, you know, I wasn't related to my mom and uh, they had to use an egg donor and now I'm like really screwed up because what the heck, so you know, we really hope that this is a story that is woven in to who they are from the very, very, very beginning. Um, So it's something that they embrace and just know about themselves. Um, And again, it goes back to, if you don't make it weird, they're not gonna make it weird. And it's a scary prospect for a mom and a dad to come and share something um, of that importance with their child. But again, it's all about being honest, having integrity and transparency, because if a child, finds out, which they will um, at the end of the day when we're dying and they go through your stuff and you've never told them and they find that the truth that they their parents needed help to have a child. Or the holiday not... DNA test, more likely. Correct. No. Are they right, right, right. This will be they're fun. Let... Let's find out where you're from, your genetics. Right, right. Um, they're they're going to realize that you know, mom or dad lied to them about something so basic and integral that they have an entitlement to know what else in their life have mom or or dad lied to them about. And those are the kids that I talk to that have a really tough time. And these kids have now become adults and they're like, what in the world? Why wouldn't my parents come and talk to me about something so basic and important in my life? So I talk about yeah. let's keep it real and let's be honest and, you know, strap in for that ride except with your priest. It, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, except your priest. right? <laughs> but yeah, put the seatbelt on because you're getting ready to go on a ride. That's an e-ticket ride um, from Disney like 10 times over. <laughs> I mean, the ups nice. and downs and the peaks and valleys are going to be crazy and um, just surround yourself with with people you love. Excellent. Thank you,
0: uh, Marta Gatlin, author of Let's Talk About Egg Donation and founder of Parents Via Egg Donation. We are so honored to have had you join us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. This has been great. Thank you, Marna Gatlin, for
0: spending so much time figuring out scheduling, talking to us multiple times. We are so appreciative of you and all that you do to provide a resource and information for those dealing with all of these questions. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it on this platform as well.
2: And for those on the fence about reading, it really is a, it's a a good book. It's easy to digest. It's one of those, I think a lot of times people feel like they get like bogged down in some things and it's, it's really well laid out in a way that you can pick through and find things. So I, I would encourage people to, to pick it up. Um, Speaking of picking things up and (laughs) picking through. Oh, no, I didn't have a good transition. All right. I dropped it. it. Oh, I dropped the transition. All right. Y'all, everybody has to forgive me. How many episodes do we have out there? And I usually can do it. I didn't get it this time. (sighs) Um, nope, nope, just just dive in right back over into it. It's fine. Um, people should come over to the Facebook group and just make fun of me for dropping the transition. I think that's totally a fair ask, right? Um, but also or- give us
0: five stars while you're
2: at it. Oh
0: five but that's on itunes though right or, like that's oh, different right sorry also yeah. go on itunes and give star i mean it doesn't have to be five whatever stars you feel are appropriate was one say. do not one force
2: too, I yeah i say whatever number of stars you feel are appropriate i feel like one would be kind
0: of flattering that you still took the time to go give us one like even if it's
2: right if it's that bad right okay. that it was that bad that you had to go do one star for us yeah i mean that's that's fair um or give us a call or you can go to our website and it will connect you to a way to send us an email. We love to hear from people. We really love to hear your ideas on who you don't think we have talked to enough. You know, if you want more guests, if you want more in anything that you want, we, we want to make it happen. So please reach out to us. Huge thank you, as always, to Melissa, to Tyler, to Amanda on our team, um, and of course to you for listening and being with us. Thank you. Thanks.